0: so much of my drive wasn't actually like even stuff I wanted or cared about. It was all like, well, this other copywriters doing that thing and he's making that much money. So I got to do that. Otherwise I suck. And so I'm like building my business that way, which is like, and it wasn't actually what I wanted. So once I kind of realized that and I got away from, you know, just trying to prove myself basically like prove I'm enough, prove I'm as, as good as these other people, then it became more of like, okay, well, what do I actually want?
1: This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 957. Today, we're chatting with Brian McCarthy, a repeat guest. Welcome back, Brian. Hey, James. Thanks for having me. Last time we had you on this podcast was episode 687, right? Sometime back. That sounds about right. We were talking about copywriting because you were the guy. You're the guy who wrote the sales page or certainly... um, put together a whole bunch of case studies, did all the research. You spoke to all my clients and you wrote that sales page. that has um, been really great for my business. So um, a big thank you again awesome. for that. Great. You sent me an email recently, which I thought was fantastic. I hope you don't mind, but I would like to just sample some of this. Go for it. You said you hope the surf is going well and you wanted to say thank you. Because back when um, we worked together, it was cool to see someone who's both super successful in business and actually lived a great lifestyle. And until then, anytime you got a peek behind the curtain of highly successful online businesses, it seemed their pictures by the beach with the family happened only after they spent 14 hours glued to the computer. I, I like that. Anyway, it kind of became a light bulb moment for me because fulfilled in other areas, I got really into improv comedy archery and made more of an effort to spend time with friends. And you even joined Rhonda Britton's program on how to coach people and enjoyed it so much that you became a coach. Yep. Uh, life's been pretty great as a result. Just wanted to share the impact because you may not have known you had this say, thanks for leading by example. That really touches my heart because I get a lot of these. And when you're sitting here in board shorts, uh, I'm here in Noosa, pretty much operating by myself. My team is overseas. Mm. I don't have a huge audience sitting in front of me, even though plenty of people listen to this podcast. I love getting these stories. So thank you for sending that. I know you didn't have to because life's great. And sometimes, um, you know, we can get caught up in the moment. But isn't it nice to tip the hat to people in the past or to recognize when you've had a transition and to let them know? That's something I would say to anyone listening to this. If you've picked up something from somebody and incorporated it and got a great result from it, it's always nice to go back and let them know that because they may be completely oblivious to it, the impact they're having.
0: Yeah, there's no need to be stingy with gratitude. Like that's just going to, make that make everybody feel good like it even felt good to write it because it was just like oh yeah like thank you this was great and like as I was even writing it it just became more and more clear of like what a like helpful thing it was working with you and seeing like you know your demeanor and how you actually live your life and all that kind of stuff and it really was like oh I might need to take the foot off the gas a little bit right now because James really got things figured out and I want to do things more like that
1: well, I guess you know when you dig behind the scenes and you go and speak to the customers and you're putting together a sales page. I know research is just critical. Yeah, every single person I talk to who's any good at anything does a tremendous amount of research and digging. And it must be good as a copywriter back then that you could tell a story and feel that that it's the truth. But it's even more profound when you have an impact on the copywriter. This is something that I've had happen to me a lot. Actually, a few of my coaching students were on the AV mixing desk at some of the events that I spoke at. And even the guy who did the videos for my events in Sydney became a member of my community because he came up to me and said, you know, I do a lot of these events, but they're all so boring. Yeah. <laughs> and all, you know, just the, the usual sort of speaker schlock and the seminar business. But he was always compelled with the content and the guests we brought. One of the guests was Rhonda Britton. She came over to Australia, spoke at my event. She did episode 718. It's well worth a listen on understanding how to overcome fear. I imagine gratitude is a big part of your toolkit now as a, a mindset coach. We'll talk about that in a second. But I've been experiencing that too. You know, when I started my journey in business, it was just survival, I was thrust out into the workplace having been a student. I needed to make money. It was serious. I very quickly got married and started having kids and it just became more and more serious. Yeah, I was a very serious, hardcore, strong work ethic person and this was pre-internet. The internet for me changed my life. It was only later on I realized that my great-grandfather had a lifestyle similar to me except he was doing it 100 years ago. But he had to do it the hard way. He had to, you know, When he traveled on boats to places, it took weeks to get there. He wrote a lot of letters, took a lot of journals. It's nowhere near as immediate as a blog or a podcast. He used to buy and sell from one country to another. He'd buy land in Russia and then travel over to America and sell it. Oh, wow. You know, he'd go to the west coast of Africa looking for mines that he could purchase. And he put together syndications of mines in in Australia, then floated them on the stock exchange, which is very similar to the way I do rev shares now. But one word that never came into my repertoire until very recently was gratitude. Mm. Gratitude's like something, well, yeah, well, that's for people who have made it or have achieved something or, you know, feel lucky. But I always felt like that's over the horizon i tell you what, it's the greatest thing ever. And it's it's a part of the coaching that I do every week with students is we talk about a win. What are they happy about they've achieved in the last week? Because as entrepreneurs, we can just get caught up in the one day or the someday. So for you, it was encountering me and seeing there's a different way and it switched the light bulb on. You've gone and got training in mindset coaching Mm -hmm. and you now help other people. I want to mention your website here as a gratitude mccarthymindsetcoaching.com forward slash join can you tell me about that transition for you between writing copy getting this sort of light bulb moment and then somehow ending up as a mindset coach what did that journey look like
0: Yeah. So, well, there was kind of two light bulb moments. One was like working with you and being like, okay, maybe this whole like grind thing I'm doing, like, isn't so fun. And I could actually enjoy my life now a bit more instead of waiting until I got a certain amount of money in the bank and all that other stuff. Like you were saying, like, oh, I'll wait until my life looks this way to have gratitude. Like, no, let's just like start having the great life now. So that was one bit. Another bit was I was working with a coach and I learned that like so much of my drive wasn't actually like even stuff I wanted or cared about. It was all like, well, this other copywriter's doing that thing and he's making that much money, so I got to do that. Otherwise, I suck. And so I'm like building my business that way, which is like, and it wasn't actually what I wanted. So once I kind of realized that and I got away from, you know, just trying to prove myself basically, like prove I'm enough, prove I'm as, as good as these other people, then it became more of like, okay, well, what do I actually want? And I remember asking myself, like okay, ten years from now, if I'm writing sales pages, like how would I feel? And I just got this very visceral, like body reaction. It was like oh god, no! Like I, I do not want to be there. That is not what I want to be doing. It just became more and more like I'm just like marketing has been great and like my clients is bait and it's been a good career, but it's also like been a stepping stone. Like I'm, I wasn't put here to just do marketing forever. And so after realizing all that, I started to like. Just kind of wind up, like just kind of coast with the marketing, really. I was like, my business, I'm working about like four hours a day, spending a lot of time, like I said, like focused on improv comedy and archery and just like being available when friends want to hang out. And I'm doing that stuff. And then Rhonda Britton's life coaching certification program, just kind of like kept circling in my head. Cause like Rhonda was a client. I'd done case studies for her. I would like heard great. This program sounded amazing. And I was <laughs> so another thing, I was also very jaded with personal development. Cause I've been doing that for like 10 years and I was so tired of like going to workshops. Things are amazing. Then you go back and life is just the same. But what I got from like a lot of this, like interviewing her clients is like people were actually taking her stuff and actually able to make a change because like she's just so big on that integration piece. So yeah, like that was in the back of my head for a long time of like, you know, it's like a year of like, do I want to do Rana's coaching program? And even going like, this goes even further back of like throughout my twenties, I was like interested in being a life coach, but my life was too much of a mess. And I'm like, I got no business getting into that. And like, even in college, I was like, Ooh, maybe I want to be a therapist. And that was kind of where I'd always end up. So it like, it was a thing that was in the back of my mind for a long time. Then again, with Rhonda's thing, always just like this quiet whisper of like, maybe that'd be a nice thing. And then so COVID happened and I was like, you know what? I need something to focus on so I don't lose my mind. So I joined Rhonda's program just being like, okay, these coaching skills seem like cool things to learn. If anything else, it'll just be like something to help my friends and family like that seems great. And then once the program started and I actually started getting practice, like coaching real people with real problems, I was just like oh, this is it. Yeah, no, this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I didn't quite have that feeling in the past of doing things like, you know, I was good at copy and I enjoyed it enough and all that stuff. But like, this was just this feeling of certainty. Like once I started coaching, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. Okay. Yeah. Do this more.
1: I love it. There's a few things you just mentioned there that I'd love to unpack. Sure. One is what I call wrong goals. mm as a coach, I have encounter a lot of people. They tell me what their goals are, and I suspect that that's not really their true goals. Like, nice, yeah. But almost anyone who's not yet made a million dollars a year, if they're making a few hundred thousand dollars a year, they almost always state a million dollars a year. That's the goal. Yeah. Anyone who's already making a couple of million dollars a year, it's always ten million dollars a year. That's the goal. And when we dig below that, it's basically uh, it's a scream out for significance. It's like mm. they feel that other people will only really value them if they've achieved this sort of like thing. It's, I don't know, kind of an alpha thing that a lot of these yeah. visionary types are attracted towards. When we strip it back, we really find out what's going on and, and what drives the person. So I remember doing that exercise in the car dealership when I used to look at some of the salespeople there and I think, oh my God, I don't be like 60 something years old still selling cars. I'd be one of those bitter old men who hates their job and just goes to work to be away from their wife <laughs> and, oh, and, uh, and just yeah. basically burn customers all day for a living. So I steered straight away from that. I realized I needed to do something more for me. Yeah. I'm a pragmatic person. I like to build things. I like to work with people and, and show their strengths. The next thing is, and this is really significant, I do this and you've done it, getting clues from clients When you get clients who are doing something clever or good, pay attention to that. I'm blessed to be able to work with all these different people and I see what works and what doesn't. And just like you, Brian, I've gotten under the hood and I've seen the crap under the mud guards. Yeah. Like it looks all shiny on the outside. Yeah. But there's just under the mud guards it's been running through the paddocks it's rusting away it's never been cleaned it's like the story underneath is tragic sad and nowhere near the same as what the curated insta life looks like so the word that i would come up for that is integrity so when you do see someone who's doing something great like really good work and i'm i'm so excited when i work with these people who just make great stuff it's fantastic. You feel good about it. That integrity flows to you, but also there's clues there. We don't have to go out and try a hundred business models if that person's showing us something that's working, something that excites us, something that we feel like we've got a natural gift for. The third thing that I think is really interesting is you've done a skills inventory and a heart inventory, and you've kind of aligned this. A lot like my friend, Nick Kemp has got this book about icky guy he just sent to me. Mm. And it was one of my most popular posts I've ever done. And it really seems to be popular in my audience because even if they're using the wrong version of it, which is the sort of the overlay of your life purpose, but the icky guy is that thing you are meant to do. And as a copywriter, you've got all these great skills. You have empathy. You have the ability to research. You understand human behavior. You're able to organize and structure things in a systematic way to deliver a consistent result. And then you tie that back with your heart center things. You always wanted to help people and you wanted to solve problems for humans. What a great field you've ended up in. What's it like for you generating your own case studies in this new field? What sort of feeling do you get now? Instead of someone having a sales letter written and they're making sales, which is amazing, and which is what you did for me. What does it feel like when you get inside someone's mind, fix it, and they get a result? (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, it's so much, it's like the, the process itself is just so fun and rewarding. Like I weirdly enjoy just being like in the muck with people when they're like we don't even think we're going to get like the calls about that. But all of a sudden it just ends up being like they're kind of pouring their heart out about this thing that happened. Like I love being in that space with people and kind of helping them through it. And then, yeah, it's, it's so fun just like finding these little hidden keys that just kind of like unlock stuff that has been stuck there for years. Like, you know, I had a client come to me. He's like he was procrastinating a lot. And so, you know, at first the thinking is like, oh, and he like got to have like rules and systems in place and all that stuff. And then as we kind of dug into it, he realized that like his girlfriend was working a lot and he didn't need to work as much. So he would kind of make things take longer because he like felt guilty if he would finish work early and she still had a lot of work to do. So like, once we uncovered that, like we had done some other stuff and like that, it wasn't really working. Then we uncovered that they just had like a quick conversation of like, would you be upset if I just stopped working by like 3 PM every day? She's like, no, that'd be great. Do what you want to do. And then his procrastination issue was gone. So, like, that's the kind of magic stuff I love seeing. Like, so much of, you know, these, like, beliefs we have that are even, like, subconscious that are just kind of keeping us stuck. Stuff that we adopt from society or that we're carrying around from when we're kids that we don't even realize it. Like, helping people recognize that and then step into, like, oh, no, what what do I actually want? What works for me? And then be able to do that because they're no longer stuck with that old junk. It's just like, it's so fun. And it's like, after every coaching session, I've always got like, Ooh, that would be a great email. Like we just had this cool insight and this whatever. And I'm always like excited to write about it, to share it. Yeah. It's been delightful.
1: Where are you at in terms of the transition from the old to the new? Are you doing any of the old work or some of it? Yeah. Or none of it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm still doing a little bit of copy. Um, so yeah, I've, I've just been kind of like
0: winding that down a little bit or like I've like I've got clients that I still really enjoy and I've kind of structured things. So I'm working uh, mostly on stuff that I like doing what I
1: want. That's the key to procrastination, isn't it? <laughs> Only doing things you enjoy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's also like there's like kind of some stuff I'm working on with, that, with them that I want to see through. So I've got like uh, one client, copy client, another one that I'm just, like Rhonda, I'm still jumping and do like case studies and stuff for her for. And then I've got a handful of coaching clients. So And then I'm like putting more emphasis now on building up the coaching side.
1: Well, I think it's a relevant question because I've done that transition a few times, doing it a little bit now. I've still got some legacy clients, but I don't accept new people into certain programs. And it can be hard to say no when you know you could do it. You could do it really well and people want it. But you no longer offer that. Yeah, I'm curious if you've had to write your own sales copy for the new project. Um, I've written uh, over email. Yeah, not much. I haven't done like a proper sales
0: page or anything. I did record some pretty awesome case studies, which I've just been sitting on. So it's kind of like next week (laughs) is I'm like a lot more. I got this new offer. I'm gonna do. Gonna finally launch all the case studies and just kind of get things start blowing that up a bit more because I've just been like. Uh, Like, like I was saying, just kind of like enjoying life, not really working too much on the business side and actually doing that has then like kind of getting away from building the business has really helped me get clear on like what I enjoy doing and what I want to do more. And so now I'm like, like, I just launched my own YouTube show and I got like all this other stuff going on that I'm like super pumped to work on. And I haven't felt like that excited to just like work all the time in a while. So that's been really exciting.
1: It's good when you find that excitement. You know, I've taken a more active role in my surf website content. And I published a little video the other day on Instagram and it had 12,000 views straight away. It's like, for me, that's more exciting than, you know, when I made my first affiliate commission. It's like when you can be this far down the track and still find excitement and new things that uh, represent the future and where you're going, it's very, very good. I suspect in your case, when you publish those case studies, it's going to cause more mindset work and it'll start to taper off on the copywriting stuff. You, and eventually you'll be at a point where you're unhirable as uh, has happened to yeah. me and a few others. I remember Ryan Levesque's testimonial for me. It said, hire James while you can. <laughs> yeah, Because he recognized that was going to happen as well. And most of those people started out being horrible and then not horrible. So I'm so thrilled for the way this has gone for you. How much overlap is there between the skill set required to be a good copywriter versus a mindset coach? Um I see asking good questions and
0: listening is the big part. That was actually and then that's kind of why I joined Ron's program. It was like I'm good at that. Like I can ask questions, I can be interested and kind of like get into problems with people. But then I didn't know what to do with them. It was like, we got this kind of core problem. It's like, all right, well, now what? And then like doing Rhonda's program really helped me like get this process for like how to walk people through it. Gave
1: you the toolkit.
0: Yeah. Frameworks. I would say that. Yeah. That's the overlap is like, you know, copywriters can understand the problem and then, you know, they're taking the solution from the product and like making it a unique mechanism. And then that's the second half of the thing. But that doesn't quite translate for uh,
1: mindset coaching. And what is the perfect type of client for you? Do you have a type who you get the best results for?
0: Yeah, I've got a client I've been working with for like two years. Uh, She's absolutely incredible. She's uh, basically, uh, she was a copywriter for a long time and then is now moving into consulting. And so she's like kind of been trying a bunch of things and actually just had a like her first like 25, she closed like $25,000 worth of, you know, work in consulting like the last, within the last two weeks, I think. And so like I've helped her launch, a like she had a lot of mindset stuff that was just kind of like keeping her stuck. She's like, I want to launch a podcast, but I'm overwhelmed. Or like, I want to, like, I bought this course for how to get publicity, but I'm just like not using it. So it was like, all right, let's handle the mindset stuff holding you back. So she got her podcast out. She like wrote her book that she was working on. She got featured in entrepreneur.com and a bunch of like business insider, a bunch of other places because we just got past the mindset blocks that were keeping her from doing all that stuff. Then she started creating all these offers. And then like more recently it's just been really dialing that in and like, that's been taken off.
1: Nice. And what do you do to get clients yourself?
0: Um, let's see going to live events, just kind of direct outreach. Like even I got a, we went, uh, put a coast in a section of, uh, copy chief and was just like, when I was first starting I was just like, Hey, I don't like want to, you know, do some work together and got uh, my first like couple of clients that turned in some great case studies there. And then also even like some of the people I do copy with, I've ended up like, I've got one client that I do copy with that. I just ended up also coaching cause she was like stuck on writing her book and, or doing her proposal for her book. So then we you know, kind of got that snapped into place after like two weeks, got the proposal. out. She got a quarter of a million dollar book deal. And then we started working on other stuff. Like she was like, Hey, like she was like, it was great. Like she came like, to the call one day being like, like towards the end, she's like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe I'll get into like exercising and losing weight more. And then we were like, well, let's just start that right with now. What would that look like? And it just started with like, you know, break it down, just start with like going for walks and stuff. And, you know, we work on that a couple of weeks later, she's down 40 pounds. And so I've been like, yeah, working with her more. And uh, yeah, that's been clients and uh, email list too. I've just, <laughs> I, I kind of did an about face. Everyone signs up for my email list for case studies. Then I start talking about all this mindset stuff, but uh, I've had uh, some people reach out and like, so I got uh, one client right now that I'm working on just through my email list or working with that I got there.
1: Nice, yeah. It's very Ricardo Semler actually to have aligned business units. Like you'll buy a payroll company and then buy an air conditioning company and the same company can buy both. I call that the chocolate wheel where you can have mm-hmm. a portfolio of aligned products and services. Certainly when I had SEO business, a website business and my coaching business, they were super complementary. We now have a virtual assistant business for the Philippines, which entirely feeds off my own Core membership base because everybody needs a virtual assistant in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, That's my wife and I have that one, visionfind.com. Now, I should ask you to do a a training if you want for my own members at jamesramco.com. Heck yeah. That would be incredible if you're interested because I'm sure like a huge amount of what I'm doing seems to fall into this mindset camp. I I truly believe, and as you know from writing my sales page, that one of the areas I work on is self. You know if, yep. if you're broken, your business is not going to be great, yeah, it'll have flaws. We see that with the popular entrepreneurs where they have little chinks in their armor, but people go on a full scale attack, <laughs> like they, mm-hmm. where they, they do crazy stuff and their whole business gets pulled down. It's they're, they're totally linked, so yeah, it's very aligned to what we do. And I appreciate you sending me that email and agreeing to come onto this podcast and share your inspiration. My wish would be that someone listening to this would, firstly, if they were ever wondering if what I talk about is actually true, they would know that for sure. Secondly, if they're thinking about mindset and where to get help from that, they're going to reach out to you, Brian, at mccarthymindsetcoaching.com forward slash join. I'm not an affiliate or anything. I'm just sharing that because, you know, you perform so well for me as a copywriter. And I told you you'd get to come on the podcast if you did a good job, and you've been here twice now. <laughs> but I really like sharing positive stories. If you're listening to this and you've got a positive impact story from something that we've done together and you want to share it, then reach out to me. I think it would be great. And if you want to get in touch with Brian, easiest way is to go to that site? Uh, yep, that would be it. I yep. uh, hop on my email list there, and then I'll start sending emails. Sweet. And uh, this is episode 957 at jameschramko.com if you listen to this somewhere else you want to grab the transcript or a little condensed notes version my team load that up to the website i uh, appreciate you coming along the show maybe we'll get you back who knows what brian's adventure is going to hold but i know that <laughs> you're having fun you're living your best life you're doing something uh, really valuable to other people and uh, i appreciate that so much
0: yeah, I'm loving it. Thank you very much, James, again, for leading by example. And thanks again for having me. It's an honor to be here.
1: This is James Shranko.